0: We want to talk to you today briefly about Christ's resurrection victory. And this is uh, part five. And the, the subheading is death is swallowed up. Death is swallowed up. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. God is going to descend from heaven with a shout. So it's not a quiet coming. There's a noisy coming. and and I want us to know that. This is a a coming of great victory. We look at things from an earthly perspective and therefore we don't have the best view of of death, nor of sometimes of life. Uh, And you will never have the right view of death or life until you see it from God's perspective. The scripture says there's going to be a shout. He's going to descend himself. He's not going to send a representative. He himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And so in the Old Testament, when they would blow the trumpet, it was like, we're having a meeting with God, you know? So come on, God is present. So what we are seeing here is that when Jesus comes back, there's going to be the trump of God. You know, I can just hear that trumpet sounding, you know, loudly. And he says, and what's going to happen? He says, uh, and the dead in Christ will rise first, their bod- bodies will. There will be a bodily resurrection, and the bodies will come out of their graves uh, or wherever they, you've sprinkled their ashes. You may have had uh, uh, 25% of the ashes, somebody else, another 25, another, some other family member, 25, 25, but they're gonna, it's going to all come together. So all going to come together, and it's going to come out. It says they're going to rise first. They're going to go up first, but then holding some ankles. Yes. It says, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. In the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And so Paul talks about a triumphant moment, not a uh, one of tears and sorrows and and dread, but a triumphant moment. In Luke chapter twenty, verses twenty-four through thirty-eight, uh, the scripture says Jesus answer, answered them and said to them. Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees. Uh, they always had. The uh, Pharisees and Sadducees—they always had some uh, crazy idea of Scripture. Uh, you know, the Sadducees uh, uh, asked him some question like, "Well, since you got this resurrection thing going, um, let me tell you this story. We had a, a, a bro- one of our brothers who who died, and and he left he left his wife childless, so his his brother married her." to uh, raise up children for, her, for his brother, and then the, the second brother married, and, and then the third brother. Now, all seven brothers married the same woman. They probably made, made up a, a story, but he said, and, and they all died. Well, whose wife would she be? So Jesus is, uh, is talking about that in this particular case. He says, the sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection of the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, nor can they die anymore, for they are equal to the angels and are sons of God. Now listen, they are sons of God being sons of the resurrection. And so what he is saying is that there is going to be a completeness that that comes to those who are counted worthy those who are counted worthy of the next age, there, there's going to be a feeling of the presence of God. You won't need anybody else. It's not that you will be independent. No, but you're going to be part and partial of everybody because as, the, as Sister read today, God will be all in and all. And so you, so you won't need somebody to complete you. And, and you may think, oh, I don't know. I love this person so much. Yes, you will love them even more and even better even deeper than you do right now, because it would be like fingers on the same hand or a shoulder connected to the the torso. You'll be even closer than you've ever been in this life. And and, and he calls, amen, give the Lord some praise, amen. And he says, he says, nor can they die. No, you've got to look at that. I mean, death, we've always, we lived our whole life afraid of death. You may say, I'm not afraid of death. Yeah. That's why you take uh, Excedrin for your headache. <laughs> yeah. That's why when you something keeps bothering you, you go to the doctor. No, I just want to feel good. No, you don't want to die right now. Yeah. We, we lived our whole lifetime afraid of death. Yeah, you don't step out in front of an 18-wheeler to see who, who's Superman or not. You know, you don't do that because you don't want to die like that. Yes, but we, as believers, we know that we can embrace this in victory. He says, they can't die anymore for they are equal to the angels. What he's saying is that we, the angels uh, can never suffer death. Not, not, not in the sense that, that they die and cease to be uh, or cease to exist or cease to be. He says, and you are sons of God because he has resurrected you. You are sons of the resurrection. You have entered into the victory of Jesus forever and ever, and it can never be undone. It can never be wiped away. So Paul is encouraging the Corinthians uh, in this as well. Now, I'm, I'm not yet the verses in Corinthians, but he is encouraging them based on Scripture. And I want to encourage you that, that nothing the enemy plans against you can really prosper against you. Jesus says that they can kill your body. Now, we think, well, that's the, the ultimate. No, he says, no, no, no. Once they, if they kill your body, that's all they can do. They can never touch your essence because your essence, your reality, is in the hands of God. So, so death is really a celebration for the person who has died because we go to sleep. But that is to this world. But Paul says to be absent. To go to sleep here is to be wide awake there. That's what Paul says. He says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so Paul is sharing with the Corinthians in, in 1 Corinthians 15. He is sharing with them the reality of death and uh, even Christ's death. Christ's burial, Christ's resurrection, and the fact that Christ was actually seen as a man who had been resurrected from the grave to die no more walk in the earth. And so that is a picture of you. That is a picture of me. So don't fear those things. Don't fear those things. We want to be wise. I know there's a lot of conflict, even in the body of Christ, about whether to wear a mask or not to wear a mask. And some people think that you're a coward if you wear a mask. I think that's nutty, uh, if I may say that. Uh, That's just a a nutty thinking. You know, uh, if I love you, I ought to want to protect you. Now, if I don't care about myself, I can't care about you. And so so the thing is we do that because we love our brothers. We love our sisters. And so we don't want to make sh- we we want to make sure that we don't infect you. We want to make sure we don't hurt you. And so that's why we do such a thing. Um, but okay, I'll get back to that thought. It sort of eva- evaporated for a moment. But we are sons of of I uh, know, we are sons of the resurrection. We're sons of God, and we are not afraid of death. We are not afraid of death. We don't wear masks because we're afraid of death. That there is, therefore, now no contradiction. Verse 37, Jesus goes on to tell them in Luke 20, verse 37. But even Moses showed in the burning bush passage that the dead are raised. And so what Jesus is doing is emphatically, with great emphasis, he's emphatically saying to, to all who are listening that when you die, to this world, you do not cease to exist. That that is so big to me. You know, and then he says, he says, even Moses showed in the burning bush passage that the dead are raised when he called the Lord God of, the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He says, Jesus said, those words showed that, that um, the dead are raised. So now notice here, Very, very powerful statement. I remember when I was younger, I watched the Ten Commandments. I know many of you who are older watched the Ten Commandments. You probably watched it over and over. You know, when we lived in Egypt, we watched it maybe every week, you know. for (laughs) Really, it's probably not an exaggeration. Over and over, and you'd see Charlton Heston, who was Moses, coming to the burning bush, and boy, boy, we were excited about the burning bush. But we never thought, I never thought even at that time, that, that uh, this, there was a picture that we all live before, to God. We live before God. We are never, as it were, annihilated. And so Jesus says in verse 38, for he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For all live to him. For all live to him. So Jesus is showing uh, us just some amazing uh, realities and truths that we want to carry with us every day. And th- this truth will inform us as we live out our lives. We will live out our lives in victory, not in defeat. doesn't matter what your station in life is, whether you are high, as it were, or low, you will b- be victorious as you live out your life. So in verse 35, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 35, 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-five, Paul goes on to say, but someone will say, How are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? So Paul then says, Foolish ones. Paul is saying, Ridiculous question. He says, Foolish ones, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. Those of us who have been farmers or planted things, we know you put the seed in the ground and it dies. Isn't that amazing? So God is showing us even in nature. He shows us even in sowing and reaping and you know, planting and harvesting. He shows us that the dead are raised. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that marvelous? You know, he says, he says, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain but god gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body and then he goes on uh, let me just pause for a moment what he is showing us is that there's there should be no fear for us in death we plant a seed it dies and it it sprouts up i i can remember as a kid my, one of my most vivid memories is when i planted a garden and i planted these what we call green beans and I planted, they were actually pinto beans, and I put them in a little, what we call a little hill. I put, put them in the ground, I cover them with dirt, and I would go out every day to inspect. Every day I would go out and inspect And, and one day I came, and that little green shoot came up. And then a bush. And the bush was more prolific than the three little beans I put in that hill of beans. I put that little one, those little three beans, pinto beans in there, covered them up, and it grew a great harvest. That was a big, beautiful bush. And so what the Scripture is saying is what you look like now is like a seed. But in the resurrection, you're going to be more glorious. You know, I don't know what expression that would be. How more glorious. So Paul goes on to say, all flesh is not the same flesh. But there's one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. And he says, okay. So he's, talking, he's refuting these people who got the doctrine all messed up. There are people who have the doctrine all messed up. And some even are bodacious or bold enough to say, well, I don't believe in doctrine. You don't. You don't believe in teaching? I know what they're trying to say, but they're still wrong. This is what Paul is doing. He's, there, there are, he and the other apostles, the true apostles, had taught the, the way of God and truth. And then there were some other folks came. They didn't have the Internet, but, but they, they had to walk to where they were. And they were polluting the people of God, telling them things that were not true. Oh, the dead they were based on their, their tradition, their culture or whatever. Oh, oh the dead don't rise. You, you never rise physically. You rise uh, spiritually. You're going to be a puff of smoke. And they have to refute that. So Paul says in verse 40, there are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies or heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the celestial or the heavenly is one and the glory of the terrestrial or the earthly is another. So we know that, right? I mean, we, we know that even looking at, 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 at the stars, et, et cetera. But listen to what he says, verse 41. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and, and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So he's showing us what the resurrection will look like. So when you see that giant sun in, in, the, in the sky, you go, wow, man, that's something. You know, and so, in the summers, we, we, we just, we feel it's heat and we go, gosh, that's some big ball of fire up there. And then we see the moon, oh, it's nice. You know, and then we see the stars, wow, they're pretty. They're, they're, they all have glory, but different degrees of glory. And he's saying, this is going to be us as well different degrees of glory. He says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. All right, this body will will decay. He said, the body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Incapable of corruption. He says, it is sown in dishonor, lowly body. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body, a spiritual body. So we are sowed, but when we are raised, we're sowed corruptible, we are sowed natural, we're raised spiritual body. We know we, we are spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body, but then we're gonna be raised spiritual body, total spiritual body. Yeah, amen. Give the Lord a better hand tonight. All right. So, Paul continues to talk about the the Hebrew scriptures. He talks about our our scriptures, and I want you to read the scriptures. I've been enjoying reading the scriptures more. My eyes are a little more dim than ever before, but I'm enjoying reading the scriptures more than ever. More than ever. I'm reading and reading, and it's as though the, the, the words are just jumping off the pages with life. I'm saying, Wow, God, help me to be able to articulate what you're showing me. Now, listen to what Paul says. It goes back to the Scriptures, and he says, verse 45, and so it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, okay? The first man Adam became a a, a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So he shows us the progression, uh, uh, God's progression. He said, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. So he's showing us our existence and what we can expect from God by looking at Adam in the garden. And when people say, "Oh, we're going back to the garden," I say, "You go back by yourself. I'm not going back to the garden. The garden was a failure. Now, now if you said Gethsemane, it was a success because Adam was was uh, was uh, was innocent perfection. He failed. Jesus is tried per- perfection. He succeeded." Hallelujah, somebody! Hallelujah. Hallelujah! So he shows us by the by Adam and the coming of the Lord, uh, who we are and, and what God has has for us. Then in verse um, forty-seven, he says, "The first man was of the earth, all right. That's us, made of dust. So also are those who are made of dust, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. So we have our our dirt, our not dirt, dust." Our clay, our clay existence. And he says, but just as surely as Jesus is the heavenly man, we will now bear that heavenly image. Just as Jesus can never die again, we will have the same results. This is what Paul is saying as he refutes those naysayers and those false features. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we bear the image of Adam. Adam looked like all of us. As we have borne the image of Adam, the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I'll give the Lord more praise than that. Now. Because of time, I'm going to read somewhat rapidly. So let's look at verse 50, and we'll read on. Now, this, this is your victory. This is your final victory. You're having victory, ongoing victory every day. Every day, you live a, a victorious life. But well, this is our ongoing victory. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So we can't inherit the kingdom of God like this. So we must be changed. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. Wow. It's a wow. You know, we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. The way you you bat your eye, he says, that will happen. He he tells us this by revelation and by the, the proper interpretation of Scripture. At the last trumpet, this will happen at the last trumpet, the last trumpet of God when Jesus descends from heaven with a a shout and and, uh, the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God is going to blow. So there's a gathering to be with God, just like ancient Israel. They blew the trumpet when it was time to have a meeting with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the trumpet will sound. And the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. Must. Must. Deber. That, that's the verb. Deber. Must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption. And this mortal has put on immortality. Then. Then. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And then the apostle says, oh, death, he begins to to exalt in Jesus, and he is quoting from Hosea and Isaiah, Hosea and Isaiah. He says, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The oldest manuscript said it it like this, oh, death, where is your victory? Because he's addressing death not per se Hades, the place of the dead. He is, a, he is personified death. He says, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? He will swallow up, Isaiah 25, 8. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears, uh, away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is your God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation, for on this mountain, the hand of the Lord will rest. Hallelujah. And then Paul goes on to say, finally, in verses 56 uh, through 58, he says, this thing of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, he he closes his argument. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Why? You are victorious even now. And there's a greater victory coming. Be steadfast. Be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hosea says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O oh, death, I will be your plague. O oh, grave, I will be your destruction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. In the name of the Lord. We are victorious now, and our final victory is coming. In Jesus' name. Sister Stephanie, you may, Pastor Ken is going to, we're going to receive our communion, and we'll come back and exalt some more in Jesus.